Okay, well, here we are then. I always feel like we sort of just jump straight into this. It's like, Bleh! that's it, we're live with no real build up. Um, there's other streamers I see that sit there for like anything up to 10 minutes to make sure that there's people actually in actually viewing the stream. Yeah, but no one, no one gives a fuck about that. No, honestly. exactly. I and mean, if we were to do that, we would never start. We, we do this more <laughs> to say hello to each other than we do actually to get any views. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's, just, it's like what's the point of recording it? It's just that's just like a byproduct. <laughs> <laughs> it's a yeah. Um, right, so tonight we're talking about 1979 Mad Max. But before we do that, I just wanted to just get something off my chest, really, a bit a bit traumatic oh. before we started recording here. Oh. Um, I was sort of setting up. I was a bit late anyway because dinner was a bit late. So I was sitting oh. up, and um, you know when you look, yeah, <laughs> you know when you go and um, you sort of, you got to think, oh, just get that out, and you push a fart out, yeah, right. Well, little something come out. I was like, oh, oh no! Fuck. <laughs> so so I clenched. I was giving it Charlie Chaplin into the bedroom, uh, bathroom. Sorry, bedroom. Yeah, <laughs> just drop a load in the bedroom on, on yeah. her pillow because she made dinner late. <laughs> <laughs> Freudian slip. Um, no, so yeah, give it Charlie Chaplin to the bars. Oh, fucking hell. You know, I haven't shat my shorts. Well, luckily enough, I hadn't. And of course, there, on the bog, pushing it out. It, you know, you know, like those shits you have that are like um, freshly squeezed orange juice. Yeah. <laughs> <That's funny>. <laughs> <laughs> no filter required. Oh. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's and quite that traumatic, happened. you know. And, and Samir's like the signal going, oh, hi, guys. I'm like, oh, fuck. No, fuck. <laughs> yeah. I wonder why problem. you're a little bit late, because you're normally on time. I was going bloody yeah, hell. If it's yeah, any consolation, mate, I, I've been, took the kids and that down the, and Joe down the, uh, down the pub this afternoon for a nice Sunday roast. So I had, you know, cut the, cut the pints of ale. <sighs> Fucking playing havoc with the stomach, man. I'm going to have to mute quite a lot tonight, otherwise it's going to be... <laughs> There's going to be soundtracks going on. All I'm going to say, thank goodness we're invented, you know, where uh, aroma comes through the screen, mate. Otherwise, I think myself and Paul would faint. Well, there's the next invention, smell vision hmm. No, please don't. No, I don't. So, 79 Mad Max. This is Justin's suggestion, because um, you'd seen it advertised on Amazon Prime. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm a bit of a loss with this one actually. I don't I didn't write any notes. I watched it yesterday and I've almost entirely forgotten what it was about and who was in it. Um I'll just read out let's just read out a fucking synopsis of it, shall we? Just in case somebody hasn't seen it. Um bearing in mind this is the nineteen seventy nine version, not the two thousand fifteen Tom Hardy version. So yeah. Going right back to the beginning here. Mm. So it, in a self-destructing world, a vengeful Australian policeman sets out to stop a violent motorcycle gang. I mean, wow. I mean, that's it. Well, Is can, it... I, tell you, can mm. I say something, Paul? At least you watched it yesterday and you can't remember most of it. I watched it this afternoon and I can't remember it. Tells you something about the movie, doesn't it? Well, really? I, I, I have to agree with Samir on this one. This is a very strange phenomenon for me because... I've watched Mad Max a number of times, the first one, and I watched it and I thought, I'm really struggling to remember this. And I thought, I, and there was a little glimpse of me and I think people watching this, or if they choose to watch it, may even agree that 
perhaps they think Mad Max starts from Mad Max 2 and forgot that this film actually was the first one. Hmm. It's, it's almost yeah. a forgettable um, uh, pre uh, prequel to how Mad Max... And I'll tell you why I thought that, because this one is based on an oil crisis, a breakdown of society based on an oil crisis in... And it was based between, what, 83 and 85, even though it was a 79 film. But, of course, the ones follow it is based on a thermonuclear war. Right. So it's very detached, actually, from how you think the later Mad Maxes um, manifest themselves. Yes. Uh, you know, what I was going to say to Paul uh, after watching it, make sure Justin doesn't choose another movie because it was really bad. <laughs> well, actually, I, I have to say, I, I think this was a great choice. I'm sorry, but I think this was a great choice because this was 1979. This was the same year as the first Alien film. And one of the things that I had mainly in my notes was a real question here. Was that you look at the, uh, the implied sense mm -hmm. here. Were yep. they actually starting to really test some boundaries here in the late 70s before coming into the 80s? Well, that's an interesting point, actually, because um, yeah. obviously, you know, you know, I broadcast well in advance of what we're reviewing, if you follow us on social media channels and stuff. Mm. And um, my dad contacted me, or I contacted him one of the way, but he mentioned this, and he said, you know, at the time, it was a really good film, because there was some different stuff in there that you hadn't seen before. So, interesting that you've come up with that as well. Because yeah. certainly it seems to be a train of thought. So, yeah. Was it, wasn't it also the year you guys were born in, or were you one years old? Yeah, I remember it well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember all the marketing, all the advertising, the trailer. The trailer was great. Yeah. Mm. I could, I could <laughs> but, tell from your expression you remembered it well. But, yeah, it's... <laughs> I, you know, the way that... I suppose, really, the way that the, the main guy dies, it's a bit abrupt, and it's like, oh. Yeah, but oh, did man. anybody find the, the just before he hit the truck, his eyes, eyes almost... Yeah. It was a bit strange. And it was used twice. Yeah. And yeah, it was a night rider, doesn't it? Yeah, when yeah, night rider dies yeah. and has that collision, he's eye, you see the, the, the close-up of the eyes, and they're like that. It's almost comical. Again, at the end, Yeah. Yeah, and there was a lot of continuity with the front of that truck. They had a stunt thing on the truck, and then it disappeared and reappeared, and it disappeared and reappeared. It was oh, a bit uh, continuity-wise, right? There's something yeah. I picked up on, and I don't normally pick up on these things. But um, there's a scene where they're at that little farmhouse or that ranch. <laughs> or I think I know what you're about to mention. Yeah, go on. And the woman, yeah, walks around. The, Mel Gibson, Mad Max, is fixing the fan belt on the on their car, the family car, and the woman walks around to him and she's wearing sort of mid-calf boots like with mm -hmm. a fur trim mm -hmm. on the top right and then they mess about and have a bit of a laugh a joke and he sort of threatens to cover her these hands covered in oil and grab her up and whatnot and anyway she walks off to the beach and um yeah she's got like little sandals on or sandals something, on, yeah. You know? yeah yeah so that's the only yeah. continuity bit i i spy but there must be loads uh, in this well, there, there, was, was, there was one very interesting one. I don't know whether you caught it, but uh, this is one I thought you were going to mention uh, because they scripted it out, um, but they didn't completely script it out. Where the um, um, the baby, what do they call it? Um, uh, smog? What do they call it? Australians call it little kids. It's Australian slang. Sprog. Sprog. 
yeah, because they had to redouble a lot of this film uh, because to take out the Australian slang. Um, but they left in the sprog. But in the house where he's on, the little sprog is on the carpet, and you get a glimpse he's got a gun in his hand. But when it falls away, they're in the kitchen and goes back. It's a toy he's holding. Right. And they mm -hmm. took it out because of the. I don't. I couldn't quite understand why they did. But if you spot it closely, there's a shot of him. And he's holding the revolver. Goes to the kitchen, comes back, and it's actually a toy that he's holding. You think, oh, is there going to be a scene to say, oh, Sprog's got the gun, and they there's this sort of franticness, but it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. but they well, they took it out. Well, on that theme, actually, there's a bit where that same scene where she's coming back from the beach and she's screaming and being chased through the woodland and stuff. Mel Gibson, or Mad Max, goes in the back of the car, pulls out a great big fucking double barrel shotgun. Yeah. Right. Well, in the scene before that, they're driving and the baby's sat in the back, completely yes. un untying that so that baby could have dragged that shotgun and just just well, him to I, pieces i think in reality i think that kid was probably rolling left to right and bashing it yeah. all over the fucking place throughout yeah. that film but that's the sort You're of in, thing you didn't worry yeah. about in the 70s did it, it would have been milk it would have been milkshake in the back of that fucking yeah man, wouldn't it yeah. finished it. i don't know yeah. if any of you thought of this but die hard right some of the things I saw here reminded me of Die Hard, like the his house on the beach. Uh, he had a, a van on the beach. What was his uh, house in Die Hard? Um, him running on the road. That reminded me of that. And he also little, was a little wait, bit mad like him. Wait a second. Do you mean Lethal Weapon? I, lethal yeah. Weapon. Sorry, yeah, I think lethal you mean weapon. Lethal Weapon. I was about Sorry, lethal weapon. to say that. Yeah, yeah Lethal Weapon. Yeah. But that's where I'm talking about testing the boundaries was with running the kid. You know, you don't see, obviously, the kid dead on the road, but it's the implied, um, you know, the, of the kid dead. Because, of course, that's a very big taboo, isn't it, in most yeah. films, is that even in particularly in zombie films, is that you, you never, and we it's said this actually kids. in the Dawn of the Dead, you Dawn never really yeah. see kids getting killed. No. Another thing I found about this movie was quite camp in certain areas. Oh, it's massively camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a few bits. Yeah, a few bits where you kind of few. Like, that's 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 odd. Yeah, but that's, that's um... part of what I mean by were they testing things out here? Were they feeling out a little bit coming that, into the eighties? That chief, for example, his chief with the big tash looked like one of those guys from YMCA sort of group. <laughs> uh, and then he sees him, at, you know, like topless with that leather sort of scarf and his leathers wearing there and talking to him. And it really sort of felt bloody hell. But I think it was really more camping. the fact that they're clearly like done in like the word I hate, both of them. It was clear <laughs> that, that yeah. you know, they'd had a had a dig at mm. both of them. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, and the, the lead guy, the the main the main sort of the, the motorcycle gang leader, yeah. He um he noticed I couldn't quite figure out his eyes and he's he's he looked like he had eyeliner or eyeshadow and stuff. Yeah. And then right later on at the end of the film, it, it, it dawned on me the fucker had, had one eyebrow shaved off. Did you notice that? Well I did, yeah. And his eye very, his... very weird gang. Not only that, but uh, they made a mistake, didn't they? They dubbed his voice into American voice, but then they changed into a Scottish voice and then something else. I don't know if anyone noticed that on the phone. Yeah, he said we laddie at one point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he yeah, was an English. He was an English actor. He died. 
that guy a few years ago. But yeah, uh, the director regretted him having an American accent, but I didn't hear the American accent. I just heard this mixed up Australian, whatever else. You're sure getting confused with Mel Gibson because that was a terrible Australian accent he tried to do most of the time. That was a. He didn't have oh. much speaking part, did he, really? Mel Gibson was born in Australia, wasn't he? Yeah, but he no, didn't... That... No, he was born in LA, but moved to Australia when he was three years old. So whatever he had was actually right. his accent. Uh, he did have an Australian accent. But there's another thing you see with this whole Mad Max franchise, is because it doesn't continue in Australia. At least you don't get that feeling that it's all then continued in the, in the wastelands of Australia. Well, having watched them all, like many, many years ago, I watched them all like back-to-back because... They're kind of iconic films, aren't they? They've yeah. been they've been the the baseline for so many post apocalyptic movies that I found that none of them had any kind of fucking thread between them. They're all over the fucking shop. Mm. And also another thing that surprises me that this is the movie that makes Mel Gibson into what he became a, a mega star in the future. And I do not know how could have he become a mega star with that movie. As I say, I can't remember any, well, virtually any of it, and I watch it today. So the because the next few parts of the budget's much higher, there's more stars around him, and he became mm-hmm. a Ameri- you know he's become a big Hollywood star uh, throughout the eighties, and it just makes me wonder how the hell he managed to do that with this movie because it wasn't great. No, but at the time, as I said, at the time it was something different. It was something new. And Mel Gibson, mm. he had the look. He Mel Gibson's acting was yeah. pretty good at this. He's, he's probably the most standout out of all of it. So somebody yeah. in America thought, well, fuck it, let's give this mm. guy a shot. Let's cast him in something big and see what happens. Yeah. And lo and behold, he'd become a, a complete nutter in the back of a taxi renting about Jews. So, yeah. and, uh, mm. How did everyone find the, um, what do you call it, um, the actual uh, tin uh, motorbike, you know, the tin uh, uh, rep? Uh, in one of, on one of the motorbikes at the back, you know the guy with the silver hair. He was the second in com- Yeah, yeah I think I know what you mean. Had like um, had like a foil. Ha- yeah, had like a foil hangover, like a foil cania yeah. or something. Yeah. I think I think actually this film is probably. I want to be careful with motorbikes here because if you're a real motorbike fan, you're going to know what all those motorbikes are, like I might if it was all cars, but. Uh, there was some very interesting motorbikes in there. And yeah. and actually the whole film, if you noticed, was quite motorbike, not because it was quite motorbike orientated, but it showed you a lot of like the CCs on it. So like the, the shots yeah. that were panned, you, it would show you what CC the bike was or what brand yeah. make it was, um, yeah. et cetera. And, it had, and obviously in, in the 70s, 80s, you had the very distinctive sort of uh, domed. Um, yeah, very round. Yeah. Uh, what do you call it? Um, fairings. Is it fair? You, fairings your, on the front, yeah, front yeah, fairings, fighting, yeah, and yeah. Then your windshield. That's it, yeah. yeah. It's very distinctive, you know, the round headlight and the sort of racing curve and all the rest of it. But mm. I think, actually, if you're if you're a real biker and you know your bikes, you're probably quite fascinated with some of the bikes in that. A lot of them 1,000cc. I think it was yeah. one 250 in there that some mm. guy was just circling around in a car park. Yeah, and also a Honda as well in there, I remember that. Yeah, a lot of them were Kawasaki, um, but yeah. Anyway, yeah, regardless, it's um, well, it's a hard it one nice to talk about. Yeah, I think it was nice. You, you, you know, the um, you know the the Falcon, I think it is the Falcon V eight that you see then in the later films uh, was featuring this, and you understand how where he gets his limp from with the shot in the leg as you see through it. 
Um, and also you understand like in the later films why he just has this complete removal of any um, empathy because mm. he just doesn't give a shit, does he? His yeah, family can kill. That's it. It's just waiting for waiting to be yeah waiting to be killed himself really. Isn't yeah, it? just yeah. There's no tolerance for care. anything or anyone. <laughs> yeah, complete nihilistic view of everything. Yeah, because yeah. it's all going to shit. Where did you get the oil crisis thing from in this film? Um, I, it was on. It was online. I think it was um, based on a. It was based on on, a, on an oil crisis, which is why they were jumping on that fuel truck and and stealing fuel and mm. um, etc. Because um, wasn't and there it's a... why you had the the, the um, BP thing in the background in one of the shots, the refinery. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, I did wonder that. Is that not? Is that, was there an? Is it energy or oil crisis going on in the seventies, mid seventies? Yeah, early seventies uh, when Men with the Golden Gun uh, basically came out seventy three. Mm. That was when the oil crisis had happened. Uh, okay. I think it lasted for about a year and a half, two years. I think. Yeah. Mm. Well, speaking of crisis, you know, we'll be doing this in the dark soon because no one will be turning any lights on or anything. Mm. Bills that we're going to be facing in October, but anyway. <sighs> well, I saw these people buy electric cars, isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah. it is. I'm sorry, but it is. Just, you know, just buying fucking electric, electric scooters, electric e-bikes. You know, I mean, we plug everything in now. It doesn't save anything. These electric cars don't save <laughs> anything. Why? Because oh, 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 where do I put this thing that I use to charge it? Oh, oh I have shove to, it up your Oh, I have to plug it in the wall. Oh, where where does that come from? You know, there's a there's a lot of um thing about this at the moment. Um, we're going way off topic, but fuck it. Um, <laughs> electric electric cars. You, you know that the technology exists for them to take it back out of the battery and put it back into the into the grid if they want. Very possible. Where are that technology? No. Yeah, it, yeah, it exists. So if you leave your electric car charging overnight, mm-hmm. and the let's just say something happened with the national grid, um, they can take it, they can reverse it and take it out of your car, and put it back into the grid. Oh, so you could you wake up with a car that's like fifty percent charged. I watched well, something recently. That's capitalism for you. Well, Basically, watched, make sure you keep your V eight. Then I watched something yesterday that went on about the environmental disaster of mining cobalt, lithium nickel that it's all caused you know due to the battery technology so basically you're just replacing one shitstorm for another there's no there's no real benefit to it the first car ever on the road was what 1895 was electric they didn't get it right then and they haven't got it right now it's not the answer the answer is the walk hydrogen (laughs) Fusion <laughs> hybrid no. is, no, the, the, is idea, the immediate no. solution. Because no, not... they all have downsides as well. The whole nuclear argument has a massive downside. But no, the only answer to the problem is to get is to walk or get a push bike. That's the only answer. Yeah, one that doesn't plug in though. Yeah, just not a e-bike. Just a push bike. Yeah. Yeah, just a bike yeah. with pedals. Yeah. And here's the other thing. So put your washing out on the line for it to dry in <laughs> the in the air that we have that we breathe. Um, you know, uh, don't you know, wash up yourself, don't put it in the dishwasher, you know. Um, you know, maybe put uh, buy a wash machine that's uh, slightly newer, that's got a bigger load, uh, and what have you. Maybe you know, put your food in the oven rather than the microwave. 
um you know all these sorts of things you know there's there's lots that you know people could do to a bit of self-preservation rather than just think that oh well i still want to use all these things as often as i do but i'm still going to moan about the energy that it uses and, and that's the problem today that's the problem with the world today there's no there's no compromise there's no oh i let that go because i need to do that instead i still want my disney plus my my um uh, discovery plus my amazon my netflix you know my sky i want all of those things um and i want my internet you know but i'm not prepared to pay extra on that i'm not prepared to let any of that go <laughs> but the poor, other problem is just is you sort of charging your dildos mate well wait you know anyway, what? back to the film. <laughs> that is exactly how this is exactly how Mad Max yes. came. It's this very relevant. Terrible. It's very relevant. Yeah. yeah. But can it I is. say something? If it is a movie about the oil crisis, why have they got a car which is a V8 or V12 or whatever they say, <laughs> 600 brake horsepower and stuff like that? There can't be that much of a crisis, can they? Because they're like. Well, there is, because obviously in the dialogue, they say this is the, the last surviving. Of the V8s, they go on about that. That's the whole way through the Mad Max. They go on about the, the, this, this V8 being the last surviving V8 there is. And whilst yeah, the other, I... whilst those those MFP police cars sounded like V8s, they weren't. You know, there was a lot of foaling going on there in terms of engine noise, etc. You know, they were whether they were V6s or whatever, or inline sixes, whatever. I don't know, but they certainly weren't V8s. Yeah, but mm. even then, I mean, you wouldn't if if it was a crisis, you still wouldn't be driving those big. Cars, would he really? That's what I'm trying to say. V8, V6, whatever. I mean, it's just one of those things. I mean, there can't be a crisis. Those who have those cars don't give a fuck because they can afford it. Thank you. You've just answered the question for me. Yeah. I've told you this already. This is why Lamborghini don't advertise on TV. I keep telling you this. (sighs) Well, I mean, it is a point. It is a good point, actually, that they're all burning around and pissing away all this fuel. I mean, why was Knight Rider doing what he was doing? Why? And actually, if I may just add, if I may just add, okay, my V8, okay, would do more miles to the gallon on a motorway than a low-engined car. Why? Because it's probably more efficient. In lightness. No, right, because a bigger engine revs lower. My V8 doing a steady 60 miles an hour on the motorway would barely be hitting 2,000 revs. If you've got a little 1.1 or 1.3 car, you're at 3,000 revs doing the so, same uh, miles an hour. You're so burning now, more fuel. Now you told us you've got a V8. May I ask you what V8 you've got? No, it's my old V8. I sold it now. It's my 5 Series. You know you've been in it. You went in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. BMW. yeah. 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 But it burned. If, you did a steady, <laughs> if I did a steady 60 miles an hour, that uh, car would do 35 to 40 miles per gallon because it That's when you bought less. and it was like that. And it was like that. Yeah. You were, that was, yeah, when you went. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it was a low rider, but I had that changed. I had that yeah, put on the front wheels only, so it was yeah. like that. It was a low rider, <laughs> so yeah. virtually. Uh, so when you were driving it, you look like that. Yeah, that's why <laughs> well, the front was... was. That's why the front was knackered because it was low at the front. It kept hitting speed bumps, but I changed it. Put the stock springs back on it again. It was much better after that. <laughs> so all I want to say to any if anyone's watching this, every time myself and Paul or one of our other mates asked Justin how his car's doing, it was always in the garage. Oh, it's getting this done. It's getting that done. <laughs> it was I a think... vin- fucking hell. It was a vintage car. There was only twenty four of them left on the roads in the UK. Well, that's it was why. A- it was a vintage car. Shite. That's why they were shite. They kept breaking was... down. <laughs> That's why I got, got rid of it. Rid of them. It's costing a small mortgage to keep repairing it. 
but yeah, it, but then on the, on, the, on the other side to it, if I put my foot down in it, yeah, and, and blasted it around everywhere, sure, it did eight miles to the gallon. But, Interesting. But as you're rich, that didn't really bother you, as you said to us. Anyone else? Yeah. Listen, I don't care what anybody says, right? You cannot beat the sound of a V8. You haven't lived, you haven't driven unless you've owned and driven a V8. It's as simple as that. And when you do, you won't want anything else. And that I ties think back in, that, that massive segue ties back into Mad Max. It does. Although <laughs> that V8, although that V8 had a huge bloody supercharger and air intake on the top. So that was a little bit... Yeah, was, and he had yeah. to turn it on individually, didn't he? You had to flip yeah, it, it on... Yeah, you you have you have that option with with um, bolt-ons like that. They go on top of the of the carburetors in the old sort of American V8s or Holdens in Australia. They sit on top, so you have the supercharger on top, and then you have the air blower above that. And you either have that running on the belt as it is, or you can engage it on a clutch, like a bit like nitrous, which I think he adds in that car later. Uh, yeah, he, he had the not... button. He had a nitrous yeah. button. So that super, and that's what gives you the whine. So any if you hear that whining, that's the supercharger whine. Uh, basically put in more power and that supercharger probably will generate about 200 brake horsepower extra into the engine when you engage it so it would go up to 800 brake horsepower which it would be very yeah, significant a, yeah which was a lot then yeah now you can buy one that uh, justin uh, will mention you can buy a lamborghini like that that he has which is a standard of a uh, thousand brake horsepower and that right well, naturally aspirated samir yes well, I'm not going to go technical here, mate, but I'm just saying what you've got. <laughs> Naturally aspirated, which means there's no superchargers, no turbos. It's just the force of the cubic cubic feet of the engine. Uh, yeah, anyway, uh, Paul. Oh, don't come to me. I've got fucking nothing to say. I've got no fucking notes. I've got nothing. I mean, this but, film... Just... Talking about the cars, talking about the cars, because this film was done on such a low budget, I think it was $400,000, I think, this, this film Australian had. Australian dollars as Australian well. Australian dollars. Ooh. In the yeah. garage at the beginning, on because it was known as a low-budget uh, MFP police force. They were on a very, very low budget. In the garage at the beginning, uh, where fingers. you see all the cars in the garage with the, with the bonnets up and all that, they were the very same cars that were wrecked later. So that was filmed before you saw them being wrecked because they didn't have enough money to keep smashing up cars. And even the car that um, Knight Rider, whatever his name is, was uh, driving, mm -hmm. that was in the garage. and You saw it in that scene. His car was there, but and then obviously they filmed it afterwards and smashed it up um, because they just didn't have the budget. So Night Rider that came along in the eighties with Kit must have known about this movie and watched it. Whoever well, it's a bit like Top Gun, it. a goose. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Top Gun, bloody hell, top bloody gun. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, so it's yeah, it's incomplete at the moment in terms of revenue. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I'm desperately trying to think of something to fucking contribute. I here. do not believe it's four hundred thousand dollars because, to be honest, with you, it looked like there was uh, like ten pound put on the bloody uh, screen. Really, it and was I'm a low. It was a low budget film. There was a lot of camera speeding up. There's a lot of camera wobble. Um, you know, open roads, etc. There was a lot of day night changes between in scenes themselves. Um, but and I think that low budget lended itself to. I mean, look, look where Mad Max went. And I know there's a massive gap between the latest one, Road Fury, I think, and, and Mad Max Thunderdome, 85, Fury, I think. Yeah. Fury Thunder Road. It's a huge gap. But I think it's because they didn't necessarily exploit it enough. I mean, the, the, the character in there, I think they could have made more of, was the 
I can only assume the sort of the, the bit simple autistic guy, but looked a bit like uh, Lenny out of uh, Mice and Men um, in the forest scene. I think he was under... Oh, yeah. Played. I, I would have liked to have seen uh, him sort of like grab one and by the throat and lift him to go like like yeah, slot just... in Goonies and go. <laughs> yeah, he and looked like the guy from Goonies. It actually reminded me of the guy from Goonies. Yeah. Actually, he did. Uh, yeah. Uh, and you only see him in a couple of scenes. And you think right. he was a bit underused. And even well, how much like, more can you go with this? But you know, like Samir, talk about budget and stuff. This is an experimental film. And yeah, I know. Yeah, fil- but the, if these films didn't exist, then. Well, if you think, if we didn't have Mad Max, what films wouldn't exist? Practically every post-apocalyptic yeah, film I agree with that. probably wouldn't exist. Or if it did, it'd be very different now. These are experimental films that somebody's just said, I've got an idea, I've got some people that are willing to invest some money in it. Fuck it, let's just do it and see what happens. And we've One got to have that. We can't, everything can't the, be a fucking Marvel film. From absolutely. I, I completely I'm agree not a Marvel that. fan and, and anyway. And I, I hate think- Marvel. I think what banged that I think what banged that home in that film was the fact that civilization was kind of still living as yeah. they were living. And that scene was very yeah. banged home when the riders rode into town and nobody yeah. was immediately scared like, or surprised of these guys riding into town. And the whole body language, camp or not, was kind of like, oh, we can do this because there's no one to stop us. But the yeah. people weren't afraid enough to lock up their doors. But then they did start to get afraid when they were seeing people, this guy dragged behind a bike, and then that young couple fled, and the worst obviously happened to them. And it was like, there's no society here. There's no law enforcement. Well, not really. It's a break. It's starting to break down, isn't it? Yeah. It's starting to break down, and there's nothing. There's no repercussions now, and people are just starting to discover that, oh, I can go and rob Mm. somebody, and there's nobody chasing me. There's nobody phoning the police. Okay, that's interesting. Mm. So if I do that again... Yeah. And also, did you Actually, it's on it, the CB radios. It was all open channel CB radios, so there yeah. was no privacy within the police talk. Yeah, no. everyone was listening to everyone. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that was the beginning of the film, wasn't it? Night Rider. He kept on. He wouldn't shut up that fucking geezer because mm. <laughs> you hear it for about ten minutes when all that opening mm. sequence is happening with Night Rider, and he's just constantly on the radio, and these guys are listening in. And you think, gee, how does this guy think of things to say for fucking that length of time? Yeah, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think, I, I, th- I think it was a very, I, I think it was a very important film. Actually, uh, I think it's got to be given more credit than perhaps that we're kind of reviewing it. <laughs> yeah. Mel, Mel Gibson, I think, took bits out of uh, Dirty Harry as well and made it into a sort of modern update in that movie at the time, because there were certain things that he did was very much Eastwood sort of thing. I think there's probably some influence, definitely. I mean, why not? I mean, uh, yeah. But the, when he killed that guy at the end with the, the leaking gasoline, mm. um, yeah. that was very elaborate. I thought of Bond then. I thought, yeah, yeah. yeah. just kill him. Just Yeah, he had a two-barrel shotgun to the back of his head and just yeah. completely annihilate him, yeah. Because there's no, no. There was, he, he didn't know he didn't saw his leg off and get away and then come back and avenge later. It was just assumed yeah. that, oh, you're not, you're not going to do that and... It's yeah. not as long as I said. A bit of James Bond, you know, three minutes, not oh. six minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Well, anyway, yeah. why give him a saw anyway to even attempt it? Uh, you time up and just do that and go see you later, mate. Enjoy. Well, I, I think, also um, wonder whether that's where the first Saw movie got the idea from. Well, I think um, a lot of that is because he was still a police. In his head, he was still trying to do yeah. the honourable thing. He was still trying to serve justice. He wasn't just a complete vigilante killer. So he gave the guy 
a get out clause to alleviate his own conscience. Because if he had just put that shotgun and just took his head off with it, he would have been like, well, I'm no better than everybody else now. Yeah. Which is what he had said on the staircase to his line manager, or whatever, wasn't it? You know, if I spend his much chief. more time on the road, I'm going to be, I'm going to be one of them. And I think you're right, right. Paul. I think that's why he did that. Yeah. Also, he's the... a family man with with an element of humanity and left. Yeah, but <laughs> there's another thing that I found very strange was the police station uh, itself and how uh, the, his chief and the chief of police were sort of listening to them sort of talking about cars. And he wears a samurai sort of practice mask and goes, don't waste my time again like this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh. that was, um, yeah, no, what is that? That, that, um, it's like, it's done with like wooden mock swords. Yeah. It is a Japanese martial art, is it? Fucking hell, I can't. It's not jujitsu, is it? No, 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 no. This is with weapons. I mean, I'm sure somebody could tell us if they could be bothered to watch and listen. But um, <clears throat> I know what you're talking about. And I did think that at the time. I was like, where's he fucking going? And he's just yeah. got it in his hand like like, like, a, like he was at, at a normal hat. Yeah. And he just fucked off and it was never explained. You heard the sounds underneath where you, he's actually fighting and then the chief turns around and starts looking at a window or something. But yeah, I found right. that scene very strange. Very strange. I thought, uh, mm. is that in someone's old uh, flat or something where they're just having a discussion or something? It felt like that. Even when he went to visit him, he was sort of watering his plants and uh, um, had yeah, some military music. It. I've just found it. It's called Kendo. I thought it was. Kendo. 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 Sword, sword way. Translated. Sword path or word sword. Uh, is a modern Japanese martial art descended from Kenjutsu, one of the old Japanese martial arts and swordsmanship. Uses bamboo swords as well as protective armor. Today it is widely practiced within Japan and has spread to many other nations across the world. Kendo, kendo is an activity that combines martial arts practice and values with strenuous sports like physical activity. So, so, do you remember the guy who used to be in British wrestling coming along wearing all that stuff? He used to fight Big Daddy. <laughs> Well, you've mentioned no, Big Daddy in a number of these reviews. You know? I, um, I, I vaguely remember Big Daddy and I vaguely remember British wrestling. I remember my granddad used to sit in front of the TV and he'd be doing all that. He'd, be doing, he'd get right into it, proper into it and be, you know, <clears throat> Granddad, what are you doing? It's all fake. Why are you so into it, Granddad? <laughs> yeah, my grandmother loved it as well. <laughs> Funny enough. Strange, isn't it? Yeah. Strange. Wrestling in general has a massive female audience. Very strange. Because it's manly, and it? it's manly. It was not, though, is it really? I no. mean, it, right? They, they're proper athletes. I mean, getting thrown around the way they do—that must fucking hurt in some cases. But it's not proper. Well, I always remember one of them saying, "He said, yeah, we know it's we know it's theatrical and it's a whole production, but that doesn't make the the chair over the back of the head hurt any less." <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they're right. I, I <laughs> absolute respect for people jumping yeah. off those big fucking ring posts and stuff. Yeah. You know, ten, ten foot in the air. Absolute respect for that. But it's still not quite sportsman. It's not proper best man one. It's not like boxing, is it really? Uh, Well, boxing, mixed martial arts, all that sort of stuff. That's proper best man one, you know. Um, (sighs) Well, the most talented person one or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
You know what? I think this is going to be the shortest review. Yeah, oh, probably, I think. I did find no, it interesting I'm... that the guy, <laughs> the guy at the garage fixing his car, if there was very limited fuel and all the rest of it, why would you spend loads of time doing up cars if you couldn't actually then... That's why I don't believe what you're saying is correct because first you've got a V8, V6 cars uh, running around like nut nutcases, right? Then you've got the bikes. I know they still... Uh, fuel from the actual truck, but the only reason why I think they're stealing it, in my opinion, is because they're not going to stop around, are they? By the uh, well, I, th- I think, I think, I think you've got to look at the, I think you've got to look at the things that are given to you in the film. I mean, they were jumping on a fuel truck, so clearly, and you saw a BP refinery, so clearly it's still being made and refined and being delivered, uh, but mm. just not in the volume that perhaps the oh. consumerism was used to which of course we've witnessed recently with the fuel crisis here lack of but they sold it as a lack of hgv drivers and all the rest of it so and look what happened then everyone went and panic bought and yeah. for what Fucked reason even more yeah uh you know, bringing, his own that's based trucks, on that's uh, because the, that's the, that's because the media said that there was a problem so of course everyone panicked and listened to the media and went out and panic bought but you know, I, I think you've got to look at the little indications they give to you in this film. Is that it hasn't yeah. completely broken down yeah, yet? It, it, yeah, it's starting to, de- to decline. Yes. So I think the idea is that in the second one, if it wasn't so massively off-piste in, in its complete story, it would have been. No, now we are in in the oil crisis. People are literally killing mm. each other for fucking gasoline mm. and stuff. Another um, strange thing was when you know. Um, that guy who takes him to the uh, train station to pick up the actual uh, coffin. First of all, it was very strange how, uh, how they sort of just kept the coffin on the actual platform. I think a train wouldn't do that. They would have to take it somewhere. Uh, so I think you're kind of... missing the point of the film. I know what I know what I know what it is, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, it was a little bit to me. It was a little bit silly, and then. You know how they grab him and go, remember Night Rider, I remember Night Rider, and, the, and everyone's just going, Night Rider, Night Rider, whatever. yeah, because they weren't truly afraid, they hadn't got to mm. that point where they were like, yeah. Who do we don't need to be afraid of these people because we still live in a, a civilized world? But it's showing it's still, you it's starting to break down, yeah, that's it's, the point. it's still still functioning to a certain yes. degree, it's and the, st- yeah. starting yeah. to decline. And the guy, the whole point of that storyline there was the guy had slowed that old guy, the, the, the conductor, or whatever, was slowly got the point, was like, oh, okay, but whatever you say. Yeah. Because yeah, no, these guys are going to fucking hurt me if I yes. don't. Yeah. 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 Another yeah. thing was that, that annoyed me, frustrated me. Australia's a big country, right? So Mel Gibson's wife kicks the guy in his nuts, escapes. Go and they're going to that station where you're talking about the mechanic who was changing ties and stuff like that. And when they escape, they sort of follow them and, and sort of stop. They go, where did he go? And he goes somewhere north. So that could be anywhere in Australia. Australia is a big country. It's not just down the road. I'm going down north. So it could be like 10 miles north. That's what really frustrated me. As well, uh, well that, I get what was, you're saying. That was answered very simply for me. In that, you know, if you're, it's just called tracking. They would just track them, whether it's yeah, time or yeah. There is an element of that, but also he got kneed in the nuts and he was down for maybe five minutes. They then got on their bikes. They went straight in the direction yeah. that she went. They asked a guy where or somewhere north. So they've just headed north. They're only about five ten minutes behind them. If it's that, not like they've gone to the other fucking yeah. side of Australia. Yeah, yeah, but what I'm trying to say is Australia's big enough for them to go away and disappear. Well, Australia's big, but it's hardly 
hardly yeah, any not... of it's actually habitable. It's no. fucking desert most of it. Yeah. You wouldn't want to go into the middle of Australia no. thinking you're going to hide and get away from everyone because you'll be no, dead within no dead. time. <laughs> you'll yeah. be dead in no time. Yeah. I think it, yeah, And I, I think, think that was accented in the fact that she walked down to the beach, that it, yes. it gave you the impression it was on the coastline. A lot of this yes. was around yeah. and in and around the coastline, which is yeah, where yeah. the 25 million people in today's world in Australia predominantly live. Yeah, yeah because you can't live anywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> this nasty shit in Australia tries to kill you all the time. I think this, they've got some uh, as well on the coast as well, but not it's not as bad as it's in the centre. Mm. Uh, another thing is what worried me is like they were jumping in the glass and stuff like that, right? Uh, for their sex scenes or uh, romantic scenes and jumping into uh, like little lakes or whatever. In Australia, would you really do that? Would you do it as an actor? Well, I've asked this question a number of times, and Joe's best friend lives out in Perth, and she desperately wants us to go over there for our honeymoon, right? And I said, I can't go to a country where there are spiders that are bigger than my face, um, you know, and like Paul just said, everything that's wildlife that is the opposite to here, it wants to kill you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the, but, and, and Jenny, who lives over there, she said, we've been here 20 years, and yeah. we've, I've seen one snake, and I've seen a huntsman once. Hmm. You know, yeah. it's it's a it's not that it's a myth, but in populized areas of Australia, you know, yeah. they're not that they're, they're. It's a bit like if a spider here sees you, it's more afraid of you than you are of it. But you're yeah. not. If you don't like a spider like I do, I scream like a little fucking girl. But it wants to get away from you more than you want to kill it. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, but but that's not the point. I mean, this is a crazy thing that I watch. I've, I watch documents, as you know, and. There was this private school, and there was, uh, I think he's uh, called the Snake Catcher or something, and there was a massive python, middle of bloody Sydney. Now you're telling me that is safe. And this lady was sitting in a, a sort of back garden, and suddenly a snake comes out of the, uh, python comes out of uh, the tree. Yeah, it's just a massive pelican, mate. Sorry, mate, but... In- I, I'm yeah, not saying well, that doesn't happen. <coughs> and yeah, and I it's... think there was that famous thing in Australia where the pet had actually escaped and had gone into the plumbing of an Australian city and they couldn't find it. Yeah, well, well I read a story last week about some council estate here in England. There was a fucking yeah, 18-foot-long python yeah, climbing into someone's bedroom window. Yeah, yeah. Southampton, mate. So, yeah, somebody's, somebody's pet python had escaped and was yeah. fucking terrorising yeah. the neighbourhood. Yeah. I mean, if you yeah. saw a lion running down your street here in the UK, you'd think, well, that's obviously escaped from a zoo. You wouldn't yeah. be thinking, Who... oh, that's the fucking hound of Baskervilles or something, would you? Like, <laughs> no, no. You know, Although those guys have been spotted, all those big cats have been spotted more, aren't they, up north of late lakes? Who has an 18-foot python, though? I mean, who's keeping that? Well, something, they probably let it something. go because they can't afford to heat the fucking tank it's in. That's probably why. Oh, yeah, vivarium or whatever yeah. they call it. Yeah. 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 yeah some yeah. some, nut, some nutters keeping them sort of thing, but yeah. No, I mean, 18 foot. No, oh, fuck me. I mean, it needs its own bedroom, doesn't it? It, it needs its own <laughs> room to live in. Oh, I'm not being funny, mate, but I, it would it would kill me because I'd have fucking fainted. I'd, I'd, it would have consumed me within minutes because I'd have been fucking out on the floor in fucking panic. I wouldn't have had well, time. That's to what run. happened in America, <laughs> didn't it? With one owner, he got uh, the police found his body, uh, basically the, a python wrapped around him and his head, basically or feet, uh, oh. halfway uh, in the python's mouth or something. Yeah, and they if got, it's oh, wrapped around him. That's a boa constrictor. That's, that's a boa constrictor. Yeah, yeah. 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 And that's what yeah. happened. 
uh, and people yeah, well, keep these animals. Bloody hell, why? There's a lot of bollocks about that online, about um, boa, boa constrictors and stuff eating humans. The thing is, what they say is that, yeah, from the head, you, know, you see it on that film Snakes on a Plane. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. I saw yeah. I saw that the other night. Actually, I made some for watching. She was like, "What?" The f-? Oh anyway, man, so that's, almost, that's worse than anaconda. Up. That is. <laughs> but the thing is, they say that they can't dislocate the jaw wide enough to get over the shoulders. Shoulders. Yeah. So, so all those photos you see online of people supposedly in boa constrictors being digested, like mostly bollocks. The only I one they, they reckon the, the only one they reckon can do it at a push is the king cobra. Uh, the king, um, yeah, king cobra, which is the big. Um, or King Anaconda, sorry, which is like right, Cobra long... would kill you. Yeah, yeah. it's a King Anaconda. Cobra is very small in, in yeah, Africa, but, whatever yeah. it is. And, and it's, yeah. yeah, which is what the film Anaconda is based on. Is this sort of super, a bit like a giant squid or a giant octopus, but it's a real creature. But they're very rare and they're like twenty foot long. And mm-hmm. there was something about a guy who was, you know, sort of, uh, sort of squatting and sharpening something, and it came up. And because he was squatted already. And the anaconda came over the top of him, and because he was had his arms in front, like doing this, his shoulders were in, and it was able to go over him and swallow him. But how true that is, I don't know. I was, just, yeah. The truth was, he he was having a poo in the middle of the jungle. Could have been. Could have been. Yeah. Hey, you imagine but, being that person in that anaconda because you'd be alive still, wouldn't you? Be mm. slowly the poison would slowly sort of take effect, but I you'd think be alive just, to some stage. Yeah, when it when it reaches your bollocks and you're inside it, you're like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So what they do is basically they've got uh these sort of fangs uh, that are like hooks like this, and that's what gets you. But so yeah. you can't escape. Uh, but play, uh, snakes on planes, right? The funny thing was, I remember that movie really well. It was two thousand and six, if I remember correctly. It was, yeah. And it came out in the cinema, and I went uh to watch it when I left uh my workplace. Right, that night, my uh, work colleagues took me out. Skip to the end. And the, ne- yeah. and the next morning, I was flying to bloody America. What a way to go. I, oh, just, right. like I just like the bit <laughs> in the toilet where that snake bites that bird on the tit. I mean, that's the best oh, yeah, and, and, and the lady and the air hostess or someone thinks that, oh, my God, they're having a good time, but she was getting bitten yeah. by these snakes. Yeah. yeah. What a load of arthritis. Anyway, to be fair, with Mad Max, this isn't as bad as that. The Mad Max is actually, in comparison, a bloody good film compared to something like Snakes on the Plane. Oh, um, that movie. Uh, because, quite then... frankly, because quite frankly, why they would, didn't just do what they did in the first place, which is shoot a window out and let the compression of the plane suck all the snakes out, is the first thing I would have fucking done, to be honest, rather than pissing around. I'd have gained altitude and said, right, everybody come down here, we'll block it up, shoot a window out, job done. Game, set, and match. Well, all right, you've got to consider that all those snakes falling on people down below, but at least you're going to live, right? Well, if you're thousands of miles away from the destination, the only reason they did it so close to because it was so close to the destination, they thought, well, we'll just coast it in. If you did it over like the middle of the Atlantic and you're flying I, without cabin pressure, I'm pretty sure that people would die from just being freezing to death. I think uh, you would have well, to... No, you, 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 the compression would take the snakes out and then you drop below 10,000 feet and then you're all right. Yeah, you would have to lose uh, height. And yeah, I but you get rid of the snakes first. All right, yeah, you might but, but I don't passages think passages might get sucked out. But and then you know you drop down below ten thousand feet and you're sorted, aren't you? Yeah, it, but I don't think uh, by international law or, or, or whatever aviation law as a commercial flight you can go below ten thousand feet. Uh, 
over certain parts. I don't think in commercial flight you're allowed to have snakes on the plane in the first place, mate. I think one kind you of are, actually. the other. You, you are. It's, uh, all the animals, we don't know, certain flights do have animals but underneath in special cargo. That's the thing. You don't know that. Mm. I'm not saying they're going to jump out of the and go, hello, Justin, I'm here. I'm Cobra, whatever. I'm going to give you a Snake. little bite on yeah, Getting his rice in the nuts. Yeah, well, exactly. What, what I do know is that in Mad Max, most yeah. of the extras used in the film were paid in beer rather than money. That's why the budget oh, was so low. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Were half of them uh, already pissed when they were making the movie? Well, and actually, here's a question for you. Other than Mel Gibson, who did you who do you recollect seeing in a film again out of that entire cast? Uh, I don't. I, it's been so many years since I've seen the second film. I'm guessing the police chief. No, no, no I don't mean that's in the second film. Any film. So Mel Gibson obviously goes on and because is very famous. We know that. But the cast in that film. Apparently, do, do, do you recollect uh, anybody else being in any other film after that? Apparently, that toenail or whatever his name was. Uh, Toka. Toka. <laughs> See, I tell you how much I remember this movie. Yeah, go on. I think I know what you're going to say, but go on. Yeah, I think he was in quite a few movies and was quite famous at one point. Uh, well, I, I know that that guy was actually the main main nasty bloke in uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Yes, he was with, uh, what's his name? Uh, the one who doesn't speak well. Mm, uh, uh, the one uh, we talk about all the time. What's his name? Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy, yeah. Bloody hell, Mom, uh, this movie's destroyed me, mate. I can't remember Tom Hardy's name. Bloody hell. Sorry, Justin, mate. You're not picking any other movies after this. I'm telling you, I, I was really <laughs> bad, this movie. I know it's an important movie, before you say anything. <laughs> Here's another bit of trivia for you, then. Do you remember the Get Out of Jail free card bit where um oh Matt yeah that's Max and his and his partner had um pulled over that might have been a truck and might bike the sidecar yeah it looked like a spaceship was, yeah yeah I mean, look on the back of it looked like a sort of the, the the actual sidecar itself the back of it when they pulled off looked like a bloody like chevy or something had been cut back off a chevy as uh yeah cool. but um yeah well that bit there um when they get called away on the radio, Mad Max partner says, oh, yeah, here's a get-out-of-jail card, card free. And free card. Yeah. Um, that Goose gives the triker. And it was apparently it was an onset joke because the limited budget, the biker gang was an actual biker gang called the Vigilantes. And they had to ride to the set each day in costume with the prop weapons displayed as well. So you could imagine there might have been potential problems there. Um and since the production company expected them to be pulled over by the local police, each was given a letter explaining the film's peculiar requirements and asking for law enforcement's understanding and cooperation. So they literally had, huh. it wasn't a get out of jail free card, but it was a piece of paper saying, please let us off. You know, we're trying to make mm. a movie. <laughs> oh, well, there wow. you go. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Oh, yes. yeah. Um, what else? Oh, did you see that uh, old lady uh, at the end with the shotguns? You know, on the farm. Yeah. She she had some. Uh, I swear, in one she couldn't walk well in one thing, and there was nothing on her legs. And then when she comes and puts them into that hut thing, she's got those sort of wooden support sort of thing from the nineteen twenty braces, aren't they? Uh, braces, yeah. but it looked like they were wooden ones, like from you know twenty or 30, about fifty years before. Hmm. That. Yeah, she reminded me uh, like um, 
of Robinson Crusoe there for a second, to be honest with you. Robinson Crusoe? Oh. <laughs> it's yeah. Like what goes nope. on in your head? It's, it's a viper's nest in there, isn't it? It's all full of dark dead ends in there. <laughs> I'd like to spend a day in your fucking head, isn't it? Yeah, I think that would be dangerous, quite frankly. <laughs> I would like to spend some time in there myself. It is. Uh, you made me think yeah, you kind of what you, you kind of watched this film in the background. I think it was like, yeah. No, I, I didn't, mate. I, I just it was so bad in my opinion. Sorry, mate. I, it was like I became a zombie for about that one hour <laughs> forty minutes. Uh, you know, I was slagging yeah. off the Night Rider, the opening scene of the Night Rider, and I was saying, How the fuck yeah. does that guy keep talking? Well, yeah. I've just read that apparently some of the things that Night Rider was yelling over the radio are lyrics from an ACD song. Yeah, I read that. Actually. I read yeah, that. Rocker yeah, Rocker and Livewire. So that's yeah. how he was just constantly saying shit. He was just reciting lyrics from an ACDC songs. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I did read that. And he also caught, killed his wife or a woman as well in in the accident. What a, what a waste of a uh, lady. Well, I don't think he killed her. I think she, that was just happened because... Mad Max was behind him and they thought, yeah, that, oh, shit. Yeah, I don't think the Midnight purposely killed his girlfriend. I think that just happened to be Night the case. Night Rider. But, Night yeah, there was, Night Rider's very cocky and arrogant. That's something that I found a little bit odd. He's very cocky, very arrogant, shouting, you know, you can't do this, you can't catch me and whatnot. Right? But then as soon as they pulled in Mad Max, Mad Max and they had that head-on chicken thing, mm. right? Yeah. all of a sudden his he's, he's complete tone and demeanour totally changed where he was almost crying. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Schizophrenic. Yeah, mm. so I'm kind of thinking, does that mean that they were aware that there was a guy called Mad Max, they used to call... Referred yes. to as Mad Max out I, the road, and they're all scared of him. I, I think it, that was they? it. I think that was partially it. That, that it, this is a bit like my analogy with a the spider. They are more afraid of him than he is of them. I think that was mm. the whole persona at the beginning when he was. You only saw the sunglasses, him cleaning his hands. You could tell mm. that his car was slightly superior to everybody else's. Um, I think that was the whole point: is that oh shit, you know, Mad Max is behind me. That that changes shit completely now. Yeah, not only that, what made me sort of uh, it didn't make me laugh, it did because it was quite funny. Is that uh, the police officer had cut his throat and then he was using one of those machines to speak? I don't oh, think yeah. you would be in the police anymore if that was the case, what yeah. But this is not a proper like, I know, run I think, yeah, I think Samir's <laughs> not understood the point of this film. I, I, do, I do get it, but uh, yeah, it makes me it just made me laugh. That's all. <laughs> I didn't get it. What 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 you're saying, Justin? It wasn't. It's meant to be when the world is becoming shit, and it's all like yeah. yeah but that's the point. Make on the, the verge. Yeah. It even showed you scenes of a civilized hospital with doctors and surgeons in yeah. sterilized environments. I think you're kind of. I don't think you quite grasped the the sort of the. You know the set, the period of this film of where it's going. <laughs> yeah, so, I, I understand where he, it's going. He's had but an it's accident. Just me. It's, he's had an accident. But there's still hospitals and surgeons to fix him. Yeah, he's not. That's it. Oh, he's toast. So he's had no, that. No, no, but he, he's, he's obviously, you know, garroted or whatever. Yeah. So he's given a mechanical device because there are still batteries around, you know, to talk <laughs> through. I'm not only V8. You know, it, it's a low budget police force where they don't have yeah. enough staff, so they can't afford for him not to work. Uh, and he's still got to carry on as normal. I mean, yeah. that was the whole point put, of the conversation. Put him as a radio operator. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no sick pay, mate. <laughs> so I can repeat. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. 
it was an interesting concept. It just cracked me up. That's all. And I think that brings me back to my original point, which is that it's almost like they needed a film between Mad Max and Mad Max Two, because Mad Max Two goes into this thermonuclear complete breakdown of everything, right. and there's no there's no transition really between the two. It's just gone from okay, we're, we're starting to Mad Max Two is like oh, it's there, it's happened now, and it's been like that for the last ten yeah. years, and there's nothing explained. Did you know that? Yep. You know this film on the three hundred and fifty to four hundred thousand dollar Australian dollar budget. That this I read somewhere that this film made uh, worldwide a hundred million dollars back. Yeah, yeah. No way. Yeah, yeah. It was because it was fucking ext- massive. It was huge financially. It's huge. You I talk know. about cult classics. This is a cult yeah. classic. So yeah. I was going to say, yeah, it's a cult movie, and I don't belong to that cult. Simple as that. <laughs> you know what? We're really struggling tonight, guys. You like, are, um, yeah. I'm fucking yeah. not. I don't know where you no, are. You but... aren't, but I think uh, I think Paul is reading now just to get some fancy. Yeah, no, just uh, just apparently on IMDb. I don't I don't get this, but apparently on IMDb it's in a three hundred thousand Australian dollar budget estimated, but the gross US and Canada, the box office was eight point seven five million. Worldwide gross eight point seven million. So where did I get the hundred million from? It must have or is been that just like, or is that just like theatrical? It could I don't be or, or, or replays, what it's made replays. today. As in it was made to this point now. It could be. That must be it. Because I need I need to look into this this whole gross US and Canada budgets and stuff that this is box office. I'm guessing that is theatrical release. Theatrical, so yeah. the it's got to be, isn't it? It's got to be. Yeah. So if yeah. it was playing out for three weeks in yeah. 1979, 1980 in America, it made you know X money from that date to that date. It's got to be that, hasn't it? Yeah, I, I would assume so. Mm-hmm. So not taking into account any European or, or uh, Eastern income into that either. So mm-hmm. Okay, okay, I'm just reading it. It's George Miller made it, right? Yeah. And... Budget between three fifty and four hundred thousand Australian. I made hundred million US. Uh, it doesn't make sense. What, what I'm just reading as well, uh, Paul. It's it, got to be something... up present day, isn't it? It's got yeah, to be it must be. Day. Must be because there's no way uh, it would have made it over that t- in one guy when it's only made eight million in Canada <laughs> and US. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, anyway, on. on that bombshell, as I say. So, Top actually, what it's done... That was like shouting uh, hello into a cave, that was. <laughs> <laughs> but what it what it has done is actually made me um, want to take a okay. shot on Mad Max, the video game. Yeah, well, that was big, which, too. Uh, which I might do, but mid- middling reviews, that. But uh, I might give it a bash, you know. I'm always looking for a new game to play, a new video game to play. Um, so, right, so we've been going for nearly an hour. Yeah, so what do you give it your score, Samir? What do you reckon? What are you giving this film, Ooh. Samir? A 10? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think uh, we. Uh, I've got another point. It's quite amazing how the next movie or two, you get Tina Turner, who was a big star at the time, uh, coming in. After seeing the first one, no, you wouldn't want to touch it. As a movie star, but he must have done but, the second yeah. one, would have done well today. You wouldn't want to touch it, yes, no, today, today. 
because yeah. it's not a particularly great film in today's standards. But back no. then, as, as my dad said, it was a fucking big deal back then. It was a good film. It was new, different. So, and plus the fact financially, it was a huge success compared yes. to the dog shit budget it had. Tina Turner, why wouldn't she want to be part of it? Yeah, but don't forget we had a movie in between which did really well as well. So, yeah, that's what I was just about to say. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, I know what you I know what you're thinking, Justin. I know what you're thinking, mate. I think you left your fucking brains in another room tonight. That's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've gone shit. It's half past seven. Bollocks. I better make some shit up tonight because I don't know what else to do. And if in no, doubt, just repeat what somebody else says, and then I'm done. I'm sorted. <laughs> Sorry, mate. I just I just found it boring, mate. I just can't remember anything. I watched it this afternoon. No, yeah. and that's the thing. I mean, if I thought it was a really good movie, all I what annoyed me one thing you heard a Australian lady sort of screaming start off with, and that annoyed me because you hear this massive scream, and you and it plus it's got the slight Australian scream as well. And like it reminds me of Madge from Neighbours, right? When she used to sound it Herald, yeah, sure. And but that, if, if it's being filmed in Russia, I'd expect them to sound Russian though, right? <laughs> What I'm trying to say is, that, yes, but the Australian accent has that little loud tone as well, which reminded me of Neighbours. Yeah, if it's in Russian, it might sound... Is that because Neighbours is Australian? Is that why it reminded you of Neighbours? I tell you what, last weekend he's banging on about the immigrants. Now he's banging on about Australians. Come in Australia. Lunch. How dare Australians <laughs> act like they're Australians when they're from exactly. Australia? How fucking dare they? <laughs> No, but it just made me laugh. It was more than I'm not complaining. It made me laugh and made me remind me of neighbours. But the screaming just went on and on. That what annoyed me. It wasn't the oh. Australian thing itself. Um, Maybe they saw thing. a spider. Maybe might be a, a, one of those red, uh, whatever willows or whatever they're called, uh, black willows we, uh, or whatever. We any closer to getting a score? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, go on, so Justin. Go ahead. Go on, Justin, you go first, mate. Because I'm giving it a seven. I'm giving okay. it a seven because I, I think it was a great film. I think it was testing boundaries. Uh, I think you've got to look at it for what it was. And I think it was incredibly well made given the budget that it had. And look where it's gone since. And I think there's a lot that was underutilized that they were testing and didn't want to maybe push the boundaries too much. Mm-hmm. But it was a scary film for its time. And it was an 18. Again, we've talked about this before. That film released today would probably barely get a, tw- a 12. It would probably, be probably a PG. get a PG. Yeah, PG-13, wouldn't it? Yeah, and I think that says a lot for how things were at that time. Hmm. What about you, Paul? All right. Okay, all right, I'm going next. Well, I'm going to give it my <laughs> my standard six because I didn't find it particularly interesting to watch. There was bits of it, um, but I, I think especially talking about it now tonight, I can appreciate it for what it was at the time. And that's what I'm trying to put my mindset yeah. in, is at the time that this was breaking a few boundaries, it was testing a few things. It was an experimental film, with very low budget. And to do as well as it did, got to give that a lot of respect. Yeah. So, no, I don't want to trash this film too much, although I have in places. Um, but that's coming from a, a 2022 mindset. Hmm. And, yeah, you've got to... If you watch this film, you've got to try and appreciate it for what it was at the time and what has come of this film. So, it's, yeah, it's a six for me. Okay. It's going to be a five for me. Um, 
it's just because I watched it this afternoon and it really did. It, I mean, as as Paul said, he forgot things and I started forget. I forgot it within an hour of watching it. I mean, okay, you got great. Uh, Mel Gibson's great. Yeah, I agree with Paul with hundred percent. He's outstanding charter and actor there. I think the lady who played his wife was pretty good as well. The baby played uh, its part very well, I have to say, as well. <laughs> but the, the things that annoyed me was like when the bad guys died, their eyes would pop out. And you, it look, reminded me of Spitting Image a bit before <laughs> Spitting Image's time, you see. So that was a little bit annoying. But yeah, overall, I I, I know what you're going to say, Justin. I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm looking at it in 2022, but... It, these sort of films are not my type of movies anyway. Uh, uh, so that's another reason why I'm probably giving it a low score. And that's a reason why it's not about not getting it. It's just not me. Uh, I'm, I've got my taste is slightly different. Uh, I've not watched other Mad Max movies because I didn't find them interesting at all. And I've not seen the new ones. Uh, and so that's why I'm giving it a five. I don't know if we do uh, cover Max. Mad Max two, three, four, five. Well, we normally edge... follow. We normally follow things through with the series, don't we? If we're doing, well, yeah, we, we do. But well, I'm saying if we do that, then my attitude may change. So, well, that, in part, that's a good thing. Actually, let's yeah. leave that on a good note. In that you've never yeah. seen any before. Mm. This is the first one. Who knows? It might grow on you, and then your opinions of the first one might change because you understand in reverse order the points of the films. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So okay. tonight. Positive. It's not the final. So tonight, uh, five is not. Uh, I might want to say on the series, it's not the final hmm. score for overall project. Yeah. If you yeah. get what I'm saying, yeah. Um, something I did quickly want to slip in. Uh, you know. Oh yeah. Slip <laughs> in inside. Um, yeah. The actors in this, I, I didn't feel that any of them were particularly bad. No, they all. They, the actors actually were convincing. Yeah. yeah. And I do wonder, right, because you see some films now with big budgets and there's some of the acting is just so fucking shite. Yeah. I do wonder if it's because they were they all bought into it because they weren't getting paid any money. Um, Mel Gibson got 10 grand, apparently. Um, but most of them didn't get paid. and but So they all bought into it and just kind of, there was no... There's no pressure. And how, yeah. and how, and how yeah. funny you say that, because, of course, with The Dawn of the Dead... Was exactly the same. They were all paid with food and beer of an evening. Yeah. And people didn't seem to like that film. But the, there was no particular, I again, bad acting in it. Um, mm. It was, I agree. I, I think it's, uh, money spoils things sometimes, I think. Sean no, Connery. Oh, if, you, I don't get, if I don't get my six million, I'm not doing it. And don't forget and there's, there's sometimes. No, there's no care. There's no sort of investment in yourself within how you're going to do that film. See, uh, acting is a form of art, and, and I think when you do spend a lot of money, like special effects and that lot, it affects what the actor does as well. Uh, it's not like sports where if you spend more money, the facilities, the facilities are better, the sportsmen or athletes improve. I think it's a reverse effect when it comes to uh, plays and movies. Even in music, I feel that as well, because so many modern uh, groups and musicians are basically from tv shows these days so sometimes i agree with you justin sometimes it's better to say okay we have low budget and a low fee for you 
we want to really see your skills. So it's I, I 100% like, agree with you there. Yeah. It's come and do this film. Who knows? You do a good job. You know, we, we make a good film. Who knows where your future might go from what people see what you've done within this film. It's basically oh. earning your way up the ladder. We it's can't not... pay you a lot, but who knows? We're giving you a chance to do a good job. And who yep. knows where that might lead your career. Or you can say you're not happy with the £10 a day and you won't get on TV. You won't do the film and actually you'll make nothing of yourself. And in 20 years time, you'll look back and regret it. Yeah. I'm up for that. Well, it's like what happened to Kira Knightley and uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, the other lady from Bennett, like Beckham, Beckham, uh, Passar or something. Two of them, basically, that was a low budget movie. But Kira Knightley at one point uh, was one of the biggest stars in England or Britain or in the world, uh, if in the mid two two thousand, I know exactly what you're talking about. And she did oh. extremely well in Grey's Anatomy. She was yep. she yes. went on to be a, a star role in Grey's Anatomy. So she did yep. extremely well for herself after Bend It Like Beckham. Yeah. So that was a low budget. So it is possible yeah. uh, to do it. But I agree with you. More money in acting, the less skilled actors we have. And it's like uh, the Marvel movies or all the other sort of cape movies, I really think, are spoiling what we see on... Uh... It wasn't Grey's Anatomy, so it was ER, I think. ER. It was the other, the other one. Yeah. yeah. Well, those Marvel movies are just fucking shat out. I mean, Christ. Oh, that latest easy. one. I took the kids to the cinema. The island one to go to cinema, the Thor one. I understood it more than the Doctor Strange one. It was, it was a simple... Oh, fucking hell. Yeah, they're just shat out. Yeah. It's honest, fucking painful to watch. I never wa- I've never watched a Marvel movie. I mean, uh, the last movie I've uh, watched on a big screen was a new, uh, you know, the Elvis oh, movie that came out. And I have to say, that was an amazing performance. Because it's based on a true story. We've said this before. And, uh, the thing, yeah, the last Marvel film I watched was like Avengers Endgame. And I don't think I'd watched any other Avengers movie. No. And it was like three hours and something. And I was just like, just if someone had crept up behind me and garroted me, I wouldn't have put up any resistance. I would have just no. get it over with. Yeah, just I totally agree. But then you watch a film like 13 Lies, which was the uh, dramatisation of the true story of the, of the boys in Thailand caught in the cave and the rescue of these uh, boys. That is a great movie. That is a gripping film. Not necessarily oh. just because it's true, but, but the whole production and, and everything they did in that film was incredible. See, sometimes... But then, and you watch this, this contritus like them, these Marvel films, like Paul said, they're spitting them out. And then he watched something that's actually had some heart and soul put into it, like that film. And it's just like, there's no comparison. Or Freddie uh, the, Mercury or a Bohemian Rhapsody or Elvis. There's no comparison. Yeah. But the, the, the thing I, um, and I think it might be a, a topic for maybe just a general chat on about movies generally, um, where do the modern kids or young adults have that concentration as we did to watch something serious or something based on a true story no. uh, i no. mean for example would uh gandhi which was made by richard Attenborough, would it be a success now uh would um gone with the wind La- um, lawrence of arabia lawrence of arabia as i say but no lawrence lawrence Arabia. go for a shit and a piss break halfway through it because it's so fucking long i've watched yeah. lawrence of Arabia, but not lawrence of arabia <laughs> <laughs> yeah but that was porn mate you know your from your porn collection anyway <laughs> maverick next week yeah no nah, you want to do, do top gun maverick damn right son damn right it's buzzing out there at the moment if we don't Unless- do it we miss the boat but let's talk about that off air, shall we? Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for coming. See you later. Yeah, ta da. Right. Go on. Fuck off. Yeah. Do one. <laughs> See you later, guys. Bye. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah.
So yeah, like, yeah, follow us on social media and all that sort yeah, of stuff. Do all that like shit. Press like, yeah. yeah. If, if you like us, then let us know. And if you hate us, then we don't give tell, a fuck. So go tell someone else. Yeah. <laughs> I'll send you the ten p. I'll send you the ten p that you can call to go and tell somebody else. And not only that, I just want to tell our cousins down under. I do really love you. That's only this movie. That's all. Our viewership is predominantly mm. American and Indian. Yeah, nowhere okay. near Australia. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. Do you right, actually, uh, before we go, do you reckon mm-hmm. the algorithms work on that basis? So if I say Australian, 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 they might pick up and index it for Australian a bit more. Australia, no. Australian, Australia, no. in the continent of Australasia, Australia, I, in Australia. I think that anyone from Australia that likes and appreciates Mad Max for the kind of franchise it is and the highlight it put on Australia might watch this. But whether mm. they continue... To, often, can, to keep okay. watching stuff. Well, that's different from something altogether, isn't it? Or there's an actual chance that they don't know that Mad Max even exists as a film. Uh, that would be hard if you're in Australia, mate. Um, I wonder yeah. how we get an Indian audience. I think it must be Justin because he looks like Mahatma Gandhi, obviously. So, um, yeah. 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 Well, anyway, anyway <laughs> that was a good time to end. So, yeah. thanks for Toodle joining bits. us. Goodbye. Um, see you next week where we talk see about what we we're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. See you there. See ya. Where's the fucking ending screen? Right. Bye. <laughs> there you go. See you later.